0: This is the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Luis Domainy along with Colin Ward. We're getting closer. Seven shows to go after this one, of course, until we hit 100. Why are you, like, losing yourself right now?
1: <laughs> so, I was on Twitter and I just saw something about it. That I is am. an
0: ultimate just... intro wrecker right there.
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: What is going on, Wardy?
1: I was just going off Twitter. You know, like on Twitter, like when you press like the home button to the bottom left and it like automatically like, goes to the top of be like your feed. Yeah. So I just automatically went to the top. I was just just you out, right? Because we're starting the show. Um I just saw like the grossest thing I've ever saw about Megan Fox. And who's the guy? Who's oh, no. the who's your boyfriend? I don't know. Oh, Megan Michigan. Fox is a boyfriend. <laughs> Is it Megan Fox? Who am I thinking about? I don't know. I just saw like the grossest thing ever. Is Megan uh, Fox? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> is it her? It has to be her. Yeah, it is.
0: Okay. I, think. I don't know. You're looking at it. Yeah,
1: Megan Fox. About how they so gross and they eat each other's
0: blood. Ew! <laughs> what a so way to gross. start the show, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> That is so gross. That's why I was like disgusted. Like, oh, what is this world coming through? By the way, I'm on Twitter. I'm just gonna stroll. Uh, I'm just gonna throw out 44 billion dollars in my Twitter. What up, Elon? Oh my god! What a start! What a start! Does anyone Stop. else have 44 billion dollars that Guess they I feel am. like spending? Probably like, not. Oh my! Like,
0: less Bezos. Bezos has got to buy something now.
1: Hey, my Denver Broncos four four billion. expected to build a new stadium two billion talk about an owner with C see change coming in man
0: like that is wild so much
1: for a pandemic uh so much for suffering during a pandemic like i guess uh i guess elon's pretty lucky with starlink the internet and like man. everyone's says, tesla it feels like yeah man. wow what a start what a start to the show social media what's trending on in the world <laughs> yeah right wow
0: that's, I mean, you think yeah, about it, you go really to Toronto, like, disturbing. yeah, go yeah. to Toronto, every fourth car, like, we went to Mississauga, every, like, third car was a Tesla.
1: Yeah, it's like they're on trees there. I think I mentioned a comment like that about trees. Oh, no, never mind. I think it was just, like, a little forest, and they're like, oh, this is a woods. from <laughs> no, Delhi, that's not a woods. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, every other, like, legit, like, five were the Tesla. Yeah. Do every six, Well, yeah.
0: and... Yeah. As we record, again, for everyone that missed it, we were in Hamilton Monday night, so this episode is coming at you on Wednesday the 27th, Or debut, I guess, of this episode. Um, as of Tuesday the 26th, you can now order your Ford F-150 Lightning. They have started production on the F-150 Lightnings, and you can get yours with the extended range battery for as little as $93,000. Oh, yep. nice! Oh. And if you don't want that, and you wow. want the lower range, it's like seventy-eight.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, when you got these guys throwing billions around by on Twitter and stuff, like, right? It's like sharing, like, It makes it makes you think. The pandemic, like how these guys adapted, like these billionaires adapted during a pandemic, it's like crazy. I know. Like it's just like it's I like mean, the thing. Like money owns the world. His money. Yeah it's insane. I mean, Amazon. Yeah. Like that's right. great. Amazon's like, that's every, like, that's the new shipping method. Like everyone goes on Amazon just to get something it we're like, you receive it. Like I'm in the country and I receive it like yeah. two days at max. So like, yeah, it's crazy. But, um, wow. What a, what a start. What a start to the show.
0: Not bad. Eh? Tra-
1: social media.
0: It's fun. If you want to call it
1: something, that. All right. It's something. All right. It, um, it's mentally exhausting. That is very <laughs> yeah.
0: You're not wrong. Um, just to kind of give you an idea of what we're going through on today's show. Of course, we'll chat all things playoffs. And again, the most, most of the information will still be relevant. Of course, there'll be minor details just because games are happening every day, which is awesome. But, That's just kind of put it into perspective for everyone. We're recording a night before we release. So obviously there are games going on as we record, but we'll we'll kind of go over the Western and Eastern conference, kind of keep you updated on our thoughts so far uh, as we're mid. Yeah. You could say midway through round one for most or getting into game fours and and Hamilton and Peterborough getting ready for game three uh, (laughs) tonight, Wednesday. But uh, So we'll kind of do that, and then we'll take a break about halfway through the show. And then, of course, next week is the event, our 2022 OHL Priority Selection Special. That'll be the third annual draft show that we will be releasing. So uh, lots of stuff to get into in terms of new talent coming onto the scene. So it should be fun, and everyone, keep your eyes open uh, to the Saginaw Spirit social media page. I think they said Thursday at eleven a.m. They are going to announce who the number one overall pick will be. We'll give our thoughts on who it will be. I think both of us will probably agree with who it will be. But uh, yeah, we'll, well, we'll talk draft. Of course, the draft lottery, all things. But
1: we not good for things. the worst
0: team in the league. I think we're having a discussion about that.
1: Uh, we had the odd. Uh, we have the math figured out. Yeah, we so do. That might be in effect for next year because I feel like they'll keep the lottery. So, yeah, I think it's like a good thing to have, but we're going to have a good discussion about that. Yeah. And hey, remember, Saginaw was in last place until they beat London on the like, their last game of the year. So,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, wouldn't so.
1: Have, it wouldn't have mattered anyways because the odds are the same. It's basically just pick a ball out of a hat. Pretty much. Yeah. With the 25% for each team.
0: Yeah. So we'll get into that, of course, and then player and goaltender of the week. And then we'll kind of go over who who stood out so far in the playoffs for us kind of maybe pick player and a goalie or maybe a couple players we'll see when we get there but that's kind of how we'll round out the show uh, leading into that OHL priority selection special so let's get right at it we're going to start in the western conference kind of went east first to kick things off last week so we'll start with the 1-8 matchup and Again, it's, it's the same in both conferences. You got Hamilton, Peterborough. Hamilton's the number one team in the country, so you expect them to just demolish their opponent uh, in Peterborough, although Peterborough hasn't really been <laughs> terrible. yeah. If you want to use that word, of course, we'll talk about them in a, in a little bit here. But uh, we're talking about the Windsor Spitfire, Sarnia Sting. Uh, game three, of course, took place on Tuesday. So, results as we're recording are pending, but obviously we'll know the outcome by then. Uh, Windsor took both games at home at the Wafku Center. Game one finished 3 nothing with a nice 11-save shutout.
1: Yeah. So, nice day at the office. Those yeah. are tough, though, eh? Right? Those are tough, to win that, because, like, you're getting cold, right? Like, it's like when you're a pitcher and your team has that 10-run inning mm-hmm. and you're just sitting there and then you got to go out and throw. That's tough. It's tough to do, so uh, I feel sorry for Anushka, but obviously I don't because why would he want to be busy? That's a good problem. I
0: was going to say, uh, yeah, Windsor took, that, Windsor took that one 3 nothing, and then they took game two uh, by a final score of 4-1. to Sarnia registering 23 shots uh, in that game. So, you no know, kind of overall thoughts, and this is kind of how we'll do it. We won't go too in-depth. Again, like we said, there are games going on as we talk. So some information will be irrelevant, but we'll start with Sarnia here, Wardy, because they're in the same situation as Peterborough. We've seen how many shots Peterborough has given up so far uh, in their series against Hamilton. You look at the previous game, game two between Windsor and Sarnia, Spitfires fired 43 shots at that Sarnia yeah. net. And it's just, again, it's the situation of the higher seed is, Going to have more opportunities following a 28 shot performance in game number one. How, yeah. how does Sarnia find a way back in this series if they well, if
1: there's even that chance? Well, I don't know about you, but I just think that like game two, Sarnia getting the 23 shots is a big upgrade from 11. So that's a small victory. Obviously, there are no small victories in the playoffs when you don't win because at the end of the day, you you got to win these games. Every game every game's a marathon. Mm-hmm. And we need to the postseason and the pace of play so far this playoffs every single game I have saw it's been incredible but Matt Matanuskas has been playing pretty good in Windsor's net um only one goal right on game two they had a game one they didn't have a lot of scoring chances they didn't really have it but game two they could have they kind of shoulda woulda coulda obviously but like you could have got more scoring opportunities. You could have scored a little bit more, but Manuska made some big saves. Um, that kind of hurts, right? When you can't, when you can't score when you do get scoring opportunities, as a goalie, make some big saves. It should have been goals. Those great A opportunities when you can stop those as a goalie, those kill momentum. And those are deflating for Sarnia. They just really haven't had the luck. Obviously, one versus eight. The depth of Windsor is a t- is going to be very tough for Sarnia. Um, and it comes down Ben Goudreau, right? Ben Goudreau's made some big saves. There's not much more you could do. 43 shots in game two, right? You get out shot bad in game one. Those are tough. So, tough situation, but you're on game three. Hopefully you can bounce back if you're Sarnia.
0: Yeah. yeah, I was going to say. At you home almost, too, right? Yeah, you almost throw in that that cliche, oh, you're not out of a series until you lose at home. And,
1: oh, exactly. yeah, that
0: couldn't be more true for an eight seed going up against a Windsor or a Hamilton. So, um, exactly. Sarnia's you perspective, exactly. And I know the Hive, it'll be hopping for sure.
1: Uh, Get the playoffs
0: back in Sarnia, just squeaking in too. It was a battle to the finish with Erie, so I'm sure they're fired up to get into the playoffs. But um, quickly to Windsor here because we don't really have to spend a whole lot of time on them. Um, Just clearly, they're the more talented team. We've seen that talked about Onuska already, Um, and they're, they're just they're getting the job done up front as well as on D. I mean, seven goals in two games, obviously not a high, high mark, but it's, it's still a good number. And um, it is a worry for Windsor. I guess you could put it as, cause Hamilton has not been a cruise control type series at all. The way Peterborough has <laughs> played throughout those first two it's games. But I mean, I, I mean, you look at it, giving up 11 in game one, 23 in game two. Um, it, it I hope it's not cruise control mode for the Spitfires, but you know, that's just, just, they're, they're kind of going along and, you know, winning by three each game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, right? It's just like get through it. I think they're trying to do a little bit of system work, but um, trying to get things to where they have to be for that second round because the one versus – this is like the series where – this is the only series in the West where you feel comfortable saying, okay, the favorite is going to win this series. In my opinion, it's the only series in the West where you can say, okay, Windsor's got pretty good odds. I mean, not to say like it's a guarantee, but it's a good chance Windsor wins. Um and it's one of those things where you can work out the kinks, right? Mm-hmm. You can get guys healthy, you can get guys into the rotation a little bit better, see where guys mix and match lineup up uh, um matchup wise, because now that you go into Sarnia, Sarnia gets the matchup, right? So you're at home, you can do the matchup, you can play that uh, Zito line out against the top line for Sarnia. Yeah. You can mix match a little bit better so it could be matchups but we'll see what happens when the series switches to sarnia because as of now yes it's tuesday night but it's zero zero after the first period so Sarnia getting the get matchup that's a big difference that'll help sarnia out a ton also i just want to say one more thing about sarnia usually with the eighth seed you see that team come into the playoffs and i mean yeah they didn't have a lot of shots but it was three nothing right so it's not that game one it's not terrible i mean it's only three goals yeah. um that's uh that's a situation where you think you get, you have the battle, right? It goes right down to the last second, the second period. I mean, they didn't know they clinched until the second period. So it could, you go right down to the wire. Sometimes that helps. Sometimes that helps with momentum because you've been playing meaningful games all season and Windsor's been playing meaningful games. And they stopped playing meaningful games in regular season, two weeks to go in the season. So sometimes that helps, but uh, we'll see. Windsor's just deep. Windsor's just deep. I like, I love – I honestly, I love the idea of a Windsor-Hamilton final. I, like, I love that idea. <laughs> because I think that would be interesting to see how Hamilton looks against Windsor because I feel like Andrew Parrott and Arbor Jack, I would be a good series. You mentioned that on Monday. Jack, I, Parrott, the two OAs. That would be quite the – I'd live for that match. That would be the old school defenseman. That would be how we saw the suspensions earlier on in the season. Oh, God, um, yes. Yeah. entering a scrum or fighting after a scrum or whatever it was it would be interesting to see all the debates after the whistles and stuff between Jacki and parrot, because they'd be in the middle of it. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: All right, moving on, Wardy, uh, you've had a lot of opinions on this series, even before it started. Cool. Uh, you know, they're playing game four again, as we speak on Tuesday in Kitchener. So either it could be three, one London or two, two. Uh, That's a big one. Going That's back pivotal. to Bud gardens. Um, just overall thoughts on this one, because Kitchener stole game one. Um, Brochu coming back from injury. By the way,
1: sick video by the Knights releasing that. That was that was pretty sweet. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Hey, props. Right? Not like, a big deal. Yeah, props to the uh, social team for that one. That's how it should be. The league needs more, like, video content from their teams because people like that. Fans like that. You need to do that more. I like that idea. That's for sure. I hope they keep doing it. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, get your overall thoughts on this, Wardy, because I don't think it's, it's tough to spend too much time on each team, whereas it's just, it's about the matchup and we talk about London not being the biggest team up front uh, by far. You talk about uh, Kitchener and just that underdog mentality and just, like, they still have the talent for a seven seed. You still look at well, it as they could have easily been anywhere five, six um, had they had better stretches and not so many losing stretches. And it's just it, – it, it, you've had Kitchener from the start in this series, but as as it's gone on, you changed it at all? Are you, you know, still on the Rangers' wagon? Like, what's going think, on with you?
1: I think right now Kitchener's a better team. The record may not show it, but obviously we can't say that because you're going to be a game here. It might be 3-1 or it could be 2-2, so we don't know going into tomorrow when we release it. But it's a situation where – that size per Kitchener, they're hungry on pucks. And at the end of the day, the London forwards are small. And I haven't saw a forward core that small before. When you see size go up against different, like smaller, when you got a big team like that, I mean, Navar Mutter's a game changer in the series. I think Sunday he kind of struggled because London didn't really get baited into that. Um, but he just hits everything. I really like Vlad's game, and Kitchener just looks big. They look strong, and you can out-muscle guys, right? Mm-hmm. You can out-muscle guys. So when you're going to out-muscle and out-work guys, out-work's the key, right? Out-work, you're going to win games. And Kitchener, I think, if it – honestly, Pavel Chion didn't play a great game at all on Sunday. If Jackson Parsons starts that game, Kitchener wins that game. It's It's 2-1 Kitchener right now. Going into on Tuesday night, if Jackson Parsons starts that game, London didn't play good at all. That was the worst game London played in the series, in my opinion. I thought they got bullied. I thought they got bullied, and it's a situation where you got to be hungry on pucks. They don't. um, I feel like in this series, London London is good when they get the pucks behind Kitchener's goal line. Get the cycle game going right, and it feels like the the forwards for London don't want to cycle the puck down low below the net. It is so Because I feel like they don't want to get in those battles, right? Get the size matchups. But so far in the series, you look at the goal on Sunday, the Timex sorley goal, where did that goal come from? The front of the net. And what a pass by Easton Cowan, by the way. But you look at some of the goals that London has scored in the series in game two, it comes from behind the net. They get the cycle game going, behind the net. All regular season, London's offense gets generated from behind the net. You see Sean McGurn behind the net, winning battles, behind the net. And then in the corners going out toward the slot from the back end out. That's how it should be from behind the net now. I mean, but they go to the D all the time. The D can't get shots off because the forwards for Kitchener pressure high in their system. So you got to stay low. And I would think, you would think by now in game three and watching game three tonight or game four tonight or Tuesday night now that is, but there really is no cycle game going. You would think game four. The video coaches and stuff would see that. No, you watch video, like you would see the adjustment. But there really hasn't been any adjustment period. Game two, they did. Game three, game three, there was nothing. Game one, there was nothing. And so far in game four, there was nothing behind the goal line. If I can see it, you should be able to see it. That's all I'm saying. And um, Kitchener, you don't have to change a thing. Kitchener doesn't have, a change, doesn't have to change a thing. Kitchener's going to win this series. Kitchener will win this series. Six, seven, it doesn't matter. Kitchener will win the series. They are more hungry on pucks. They're more physical in the corners. It's playoff mentality. It's similar to what I said about Owen Sound. Owen Sound's built for the playoffs. Kitchener's right there with them. And I love the deal. And now looking at that trade deadline deal with Arbor Jacka going to Hamilton and Auburn Mutter going to Kitchener, it's a perfect deal because it's like I mentioned before. It's Kitchener trying to get in. Mutter to try and have that matchup. You know that division. This series, you can kind of see it happening. Since when? February, mid March. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can see this ha- happening, what it was going to be, London Kitchen. Everyone really, like, can really see that. So it's Mike McKenzie knowing the situation. It's like, okay, you look at London's forward core. We trade Navar, we, tra- we trade we trade Jacki. We get a lot of picks back, and we get Navar Mutter, a game changing forward. and Mutter has an NHL body type, a professional hockey league body type. He's a prof- he's going to be an AHLer next year for sure. He's has it all, let's do that. Let's make that trade. I make that trade. I get picks and I get never mutter game changing power forward in the league. Boom. You knit that deal. You're in it. You're in a series. I love Kitchener right now. I like their team. I think Kitchener's in a good spot.
0: Yeah. I don't know how I follow that up. I think you, I think you said it perfectly. (laughs) It's just, yeah. Like you said, it's the London Knights. You expect them to compete hard, especially being a two seed. And again, it's just, it's a matter of, you know the size. Who wants it more? Um, knights being down low and maybe being afraid just because of that size, Matt. It's just it's the fear's got to go out the window for the knights. And just like you said, cycling the puck down low, not trying to shoot everything through a brick wall, and you know getting those chances out front because that's how you score in
1: the playoffs. Exactly. Um, You're not. Know, hey, but the the ugly goal, the ugly goals, the garbage goals are pretty goals in the playoffs. You're not going to exactly. get no, you're not going get get to your, they get you more playoffs.
0: fired up. I think, I mean, you like the, you like the bar down ones, but if you can work hard for a goal, because you get like three shots at it with a, you know, obviously the original shot and then two rebounds. And then finally you poke it in. Like that's yeah. a, that's a shift. You, you kind of root for. So big time. Yeah. yeah big it's, time it, It'll you be look- interesting to see if, if Kitchener's able to pull it off. look. Well, Gotta well, get game. Gotta get game four again. They may have by the time we're
1: releasing this episode. Yeah, it's hard to comment on the tonight's game on game four on Tuesday night's game because like we're recording, so it's kind of tough. But that's the thing about the playoffs, right? As we get deeper in the playoffs, we'll be able to record on off days. We'll be able to adjust because as we get to the final four, it won't be every other exactly. day. Like we'll have some space. It's yeah. tough in the first two rounds. Yeah.
0: Of course, this series will resume Sunday at Bud Gardens. So a little bit of a break.
1: Yeah, and hey, by the way, the attendance in London and Kitchener, what like yikes. There's been a lot of talk about that. There's been a lot of talk about that. Quickly we'll touch on that because I know we're it's the second game where we're kinda of over time, but when you, I've never saw a London Kitchener attendance so low before. And I know we talked about this on Sunday, but like I don't like I think you agreed. This has been like the lowest crowd. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's five thousand people at the game Thursday in London. 5000 people at Budweiser Gardens for a playoff game. Ticket pricing is a little absurd. $35 a ticket in uh in London.
0: Yeah, it's, it's tough kind of price coming out of a pandemic.
1: Yeah. It's kind of tough, right? When it was like 21.50 in 2019-2020. Big difference.
0: Say, yeah, family of 4. Imagine family yeah. of 4. Yeah, that'll be $140. What? So
1: wild. But yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Ticket pricing kind of hurts uh London. I mean, if there's any people from London listening, which I'm sure there is, it's a ticket pricing, in my opinion.
0: All right. 3-6 matchup in the West. Flint Owen Sound. Owen Sound leads two games to one after a very strong effort in game three on home ice, taking it uh two to one was the final score. Gavin yeah. Bryant hey. having a yeah. strong series through the first hey. three. I would like to say I called that he was my player to watch in this series for Owen Sound and he, he got those top line minutes. He made the graphic
1: for game three as well. so well he you know what I had a really good conversation with his dad and Greg Bryant on Tuesday Ooh, Greg. Yeah so I'm sure I'll get a text when he hears this but um what a week he's having. what a week Gavin's having. I mean being on that shutdown line against Brandon Hoffman, and they've really shut them down. I mean, game two, they scored six. But heck of a game in game one for Gavin. Um, getting Owen sound attack player of the week in the pl- first week of the playoffs, figure uh, out Gav. But um, right on, he owes me a golf hat, by the way. So I just want to quickly uh, shout that out. But, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see what he can do. I I mean, his game is taking off. Um, I know NHL scouts are going to love him because everyone knows what he can do offensively. To see that, and everyone knows what he can do defensively, but to see him commit to defense here against a Brandon Offman top line for Flint is exceptional mm-hmm. and uh, keep it up, keep it up. Yeah. And it's going to be a heck of a series down the stretch because I can tell you Flint is going to come out flying okay. tonight. I mean, they're going to come out hard and it's going to be a heck of a series. It's a pivotal game. It's similar to the one yesterday night, London, Kitchener, Flint's got to come out and win that game. That's going to be big.
0: Well you talk about you talk about Gavin Bryant and his defense that top line. You got to be great offensively, but if you suck in your own end, the game won't be close. hey, um, yeah. When so. you're
1: out there, yeah, when you're out when you're out there against the other team's top line, you gotta be you gotta be good.
0: Yeah, you gotta be good you gotta at both be, ends. This isn't the yeah. NBA.
1: Well, you gotta win face-offs, you gotta win face-offs, mm-hmm. and you have to be and you have to win the battles. You gotta frustrate them. And sometimes, hey, you might get hemmed in, you just gotta take lanes away. Make sure you get your man yeah. and him. Him going up against Austin, shadowing Austin, just a, it's just a perfect w- for his draft year for Gavin to be in his draft year to go up against that against Austin, a draft a first round pick and shadow him throughout the game. It's perfect for him in his draft year. I know he's been thinking about it, so that's perfect. Um, stick to the game plan. Also, Nick Schnarr has been incredible in that series, goaltender. That's a guy that scouts got to marvel about. He's got the body type. You're looking at Matt Guzd 2.0 in Owen sound like you're looking at Matt Guzd the 2.0 there um well yeah i mean i
0: mean mean, just talking about him 12 or 11 saves on 12 shots in the first period in game three uh he ended up going on to stop 27 in the final 40 uh preserving that two to one win so it's performances like that 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 win games and we kind of talked about this we'll get to it when we get to hamilton peterborough about how michael simpson has played for the petes and you know as the lower seed and You get into a situation as that lower seated goaltender thinking, you know, all all I got to steal is one on the road. And then my team's got a shot. That's what Owen Sound did. And they were able to get one in Flint and then get one at home. And when you win at home, you have a good chance to win the series. And with Chenard, it's, you know, it's going to be games like this, two to one, when you get a three, six matchup, Flint and Owen Sound. Like you're not going to get those blowouts like you'll see with those. 1-8 matchups or possibly the 2-7, right? It's just, it, it, it's making an extra save. It's not making more saves. It's just making an extra save in the last five minutes or even like the first two minutes of a period could deflate a team, right?
1: Yeah. Just, you got to exactly. be calming
0: influence when your defense breaks down and he's he's done yeah. that so far. So, yeah, and yeah, I think... the. Go ahead, Warrior
1: Sorry, I think the one thing is I think the one thing is, too, with Owen Sound, they're capitalizing on the chances they're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll see a guy like – you'll see a defenseman like Kuzman who's still aggressive up in the rush start to uh, push a little bit, right, and get caught. So it's really giving them chances to get back into the zone and attack in the Flint zone for Owen Sound. They've really scored off the rush. I mean, Cedric Green-John on Monday night scored an incredible goal the first goal. That's a goal. You're taking advantage of a defenseman joining a rush. You're coming back with numbers. Drop yeah. your shoulder, head to the net, and score a nice, pretty goal there. But yeah, that's a situation there that's really nice, and that's something that Owen sounds really capitalized on here in the first three games.
0: Yeah. Well, just one more thing before we move on to the four or five. Mentioned how big faceoffs are in a series like this. Uh, Owen sound controlled the faceoff. Dot they went thirty six compared to Flint's twenty four in Game Three. So.
1: Yeah. Incredible.
0: Get uh, the puck, right? Yeah. Sue Greyhounds, Guelph Storm. Sue took both games way up north, heading back to Guelph. Another matchup where it's taking place as we're recording, and as we're recording, it's 4-2 Guelph Storm lead. Crashy. This one is, you know, it's oh, Marie, like, Tucker Tynan played so well game one, and you're thinking, oh, maybe this series actually won't be as close as you think it will as we think it will be. And then even, even after game two, four to one, Sault Ste. Marie takes that one, another controlling game for them. it's just, you know, it's just, it's back to that mentality. Like you never know what can happen on the road and your wild card factor in this one, Wardy, has always been Tucker Tynan about, you know, how can he, how can he play in a seven game series? Is, is he able to be up for the task and not, not saying that he isn't great goaltender, but it, yeah, as you're doing that, I'm thinking it, it's roller coaster ride, and it's just yeah, can he, how hot how long is he gonna be at the peak before before you see well, the stock saw. market crash and
1: it goes well, down? Hey, nice one. I like that. Nice but man. when you like we saw it this year in Niagara at the start of the year, you looked really good. Then you see some downs and then you see some ups and then you see some downs. When he's good, when he, he's good. He's smooth, he's technical. Yeah, when Gold's away the first he's, week, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. And then when he's not, there's a lot of holes in the net. He's not a big guy. It's similar to Brett Brochu, right? When small, that's why you don't see a lot of small goalies at the next level. Because small goalies, when they're not on, those NHL, those professional players can pick the corner the size of a puck. They don't need much room. So when you're under, when you're six foot or under, and you're not feeling it, you're gonna get peppered. So that's the one situation there. Um, Tuesday night, halfway through the game, you're looking at four goals against on 27 shots for Guelph. Tucker
0: No, this one, this one, again, I think we don't have any doubt that it still has a chance to go six or seven and we're, we're all for it because that's, that's kind of what we like about the four or five matchups, especially in the OHL playoffs. You know, you yeah. hate to, you hate to see it with those top seeded teams, just steamrolling through the first round. It's those three six four five five matchups that we get that tough competition and we get teams, you know, battling out right to the last minute. So we have no yeah. we have no doubt that this won't be a sweep and it'll it'll go at least six.
1: Yeah, I think six seven this series, it's four or five. Um, the one thing that's really hurt Guelph, two for fourteen right now in the series. As we speak halfway through the game, I quickly did the math. Two for fourteen on the power play. That's not good enough. And that hey, props to Tucker Tynan. Props to Tucker Tynan. One for nine through the first two games, props to Tucker Tynan. Mm-hmm. Goaltender's gotta be your best penalty killer, right? So That's a prop, Tucker Tynan. Then you see tonight, right, one for four.
0: To the Eastern Conference, Hamilton Bulldogs, Peterborough, Peets, again, they had that long break, vacation, whatever you want to call it, lull, Uh, Monster Jam took over first Ontario Centre, and they left dirt all over the ice (laughs) in that Peterborough end, in that left-wing corner. Uh, yeah, it was pretty dirty, and there were a couple of marks that didn't come out. A couple ice stains, if you want to call it that, that kind of hung out just below the dot uh, on that left face-off circle, or to the right, I should say, uh, of the Peterborough net If you're Michael Simpson playing, but you know, whatever it's it. This I think we're going to talk about game two the most.
1: Um,
0: yeah, well, it's yeah, similar because, it was, yeah. Three hours you know almost. It was, it was getting into a situation where the 8 seeded team knew that they were going to lose. Not that they knew that they were going to lose, but more of the fact that, you know, Hamilton is clearly way better than us. They're out shooting us twenty to three. I think it was at one point, and we're, like we're still up. Like what the heck's going on? And then, you know, the frustration sets in. Hamilton scores two, and that second one comes with less than five seconds to go, and then it Wait. got into the the hits and the scrums and the penalties and yeah, I think that's kind of where this series may be going heading back to Peterborough.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of lost control for the referees.
0: Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: I'm not putting this all on the players. That was terrible in game two. At the start, you see the scrums, right. And you're not calling anything. And all of a sudden we are, and then we are like stick to your guns here. You have Mason McTavish fighting. Because it's out of control. I mean, they didn't give him a fight, but it, in my opinion, he threw a punch. The gloves were—I was going to say his gloves were off. Yeah, yeah. Like the only thing, I am there, but a little bit of miscommunication. I think the prob I think this is up to Hamilton. I think this series is all Hamilton, unless they yeah. don't play their game, and that's a hey, Props to Peterborough. Props to Peterborough for that, because they know there's one way to beat Hamilton: get them off their game. Mm-hmm. They they have done that in. They've done that. I mean, the start of the game, too, was terrible for Hamilton. They had mis- yeah. miscommunications on the back end like crazy. I mean, you give up a two-on-one. You, you give up a shorthanded goal. You give up a breakaway. Those are tough. You can't do that. Um, well, you, you, you called that, that too. It's,
0: you called that, too. And, again, as bad as a as it looks on Costantini, two goals, three shots. Uh, you face a breakaway on a, and a two-on-one shorthanded. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't look that at it. Look at that as his fault. And you, you pointed that out. Like, yeah, kind of Peter, yeah. You're saying Peter, bro, that, those were their chances and they scored. That's what it has to do.
1: And you look at the skaters, right? You look at like the forwards compared to versus the goalies on a breakaway. You know how good these forwards are right now in the Ontario hockey league? Like mm-hmm. you give, like you look at breakaways majority of time, the player scores like, it's just like the percentage. I want to know what the percentage is of the goalie stopping the puck on a break, like on a breakaway. I want to know that percentage because it seems like very slim for the goalie obviously with a chance, but it feels like it favors the forward nowadays. But, yeah, just, I can't fault Constantini for those goals. I mean, the one was empty net was basically an empty net, but mm-hmm. pass got through on the two-on-one. Um, not his fault. I mean, the other way, beyond – Goal in the game too was that the night goal basically off a turnover. You can't fault Simpson for that one off of a terrible turnover. Never throw the puck for, never throw the puck blindly from your own cor- from your own own corner toward your own goal. Never do that. Never works so out well.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. I mean, again, I tweeted it out and it was very short lived, but uh, it just it just had that game that Michael Simpson was going to win it just because yeah. he felt like standing on his head that game. And again, credit credit to the Pete's coaching staff and, and Mr. Wilson behind the bench. Uh, they, they made the right decision going with Michael Simpson in this series. Be um, he's been very good despite being 0-2 and, and 10 goals against. Like, it's, it, it's tough to fault the guy who sees well, that many shots and Hamilton was upwards of 50 uh, through yeah. two periods in game two. Like, that's just... That's a guy just trying to keep his team hanging on by a thread because he, they know they're outnumbered, and he, he's doing all he can trying yeah. to compete for jobs um, and future contracts that will
1: probably be time. Being way. nineteen, yeah, being nineteen years old already. I mean, the pandemic definitely hurt Michael Simpson, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're nineteen years old, you missed a couple seasons. You had Hunter Jones your first year with Ty Austin, so you're in the so you're in the OJ. I mean, that's tough. Right. That's tough to adapt. Um, Get your chance at 19. It's just a tough situation for him, but yeah, good opportunity. I mean, it's tough, right? When you go into a game and you expect, you got to say, you got to make at least 50 saves alone. If you're going to give up 55 shots, you got to make at least 50 saves because if you give up five, you still probably won't win the game. I mean, you can only give up two or less to win, to win a game in this series and it's going to be very tough, but you're going to have, you're looking at a pot. You're going to have to make at least the next two games tonight or tomorrow. Michael Simpson's gonna have to make it 50 state performances. Hamilton's gonna pepper. It. But yeah. the thing that's gonna help Peterborough is that matchup now. How they match up. Hamilton's deep. It's tough to match up when you got a third mm-hmm. line of Diaco, Duhart, and Misak. I mean, that's tough to that's uh, tough to match up against that, but we'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be interesting. That's for sure. Definitely an entertaining series. I like how Peter Bill's done at times. I feel like Hamilton's rushed the puck up the ice too much to get out of their way, mm-hmm. a little bit too jumpy. We'll see if that continues.
0: All right. The next series could be over by the time this episode is released. Uh, The North Bay Battalion, Ottawa 67s, the Battalion lead it 3-0. Did we see them jumping out 3-0? Not really. We knew it was a possibility, but uh, just just two backbreakers for the Ottawa 67s after a 4-1 defeat in game one. Um, What, a last-second goal by the North Bay Battalion? Um, Co out of the box, like... Uh, that's tough on the breakaway and then not the greatest of goals. And by that, I mean, you know, they worked their way back down to nothing, tied it to get to overtime and then just not a broken play, but something that seemed like it was going to get cleared away from the front of the net. Um, Just battalion stick hits the puck, goes off a skate and it goes in the net and North Bay's up three, nothing.
1: Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a tough one. And the co-goal, two seconds left, right? You give one up. It looks like the net's off the moorings. It's just on the pegs. I mean, that's legally a goal. It's tough. It's a tough situation for Ottawa. But, hey, you just got to continue battling now. You just got to win one game at a time, right? Hey, the bonus is game four is at home. Yeah. tonight the g- Game four is at home. It's not in North Bay. Okay. Win one. Then you have that mentality, okay, we got the momentum now in this series. Believe it or not, like Babcock, you once mentioned, there's no momentum in the series. There is momentum. If Ottawa wins tonight, you're, you have that little bit of doubt creeps into North Bay in the back of their minds, right? Because mm-hmm. you, you lose that one game. You're like, okay, now you hear the media talking. You hear me talking right now about the situation. Mm-hmm. You hear you, it's in your minds then all of a sudden it's three two and now it's definitely in your mind you're coming back to ottawa ottawa has momentum they still have a chance to grab momentum in this series and when you grab momentum in a series it's a beautiful thing so you never know what's going to happen well well it's gonna go one game at a time
0: i I think the biggest thing for ottawa is if you take game four go back to north bay that game five is one night later like you go back to back ottawa to north bay and Next Again, North, North Bay is going to go home. They're going to sleep in their own beds and that, that'll be a bonus, whether or not Ottawa makes the trip to North Bay or, you know, they just do it on the bus on game day. Again, that's, that's, I have no idea what's going to happen, but um, it's just, it's just that quick turnaround where are like, maybe if there's a day off North Bay gets that, you know, gets that day and, you know, they regroup and then they absolutely demolish in game five where it's just a matter of, all right, you're back at it. Let's go we got to start from yeah. scratch just 24 hours later. So um, yeah, no, I, I definitely see your point. Could North Bay sweep the series? Yeah. I think there's like a 65% chance they do. Yeah. So I agree with that. And I, I, I right. think a question that we've kind of discussed and this kind of, plays I was just into about the, to mention that this kind of plays into North Bay's future. Yeah. Uh, mostly Game in goal. Um, they're, they're up three, nothing. Joe verbetic has played the first three. Dominic DiVincentis
1: uh, is good. Very good backup. He's not going to hurt you. Does he play he's in game four? You. I would. I would play him. I mean, I've, obviously, they said about momentum, but he's not going to change momentum that bad. I mean, he's capable of winning. Yeah, um, yeah you talk about yes. Drowback
0: being a capable backup. Um, yeah. The tandem well, believe, in North Bay is just as good.
1: Yeah, I believe Droback will play game four on the, the second game of the back-to-back. Why not? Going
0: three nothing, yeah.
1: Why not? It's a back to back, right? Save the save that risk of injury, the insurance policy on Constantini. and I mean, it's not a big drop off, similar to what North Bay is with Devin right? Devin is capable enough to win a playoff game. I give him the chance. I mean, you got to see what you got, right? Yeah. You got to see what you got. Give him the opportunity now instead of next year, because next year you go in, you've never played a playoff game. You've watched, but you never played. It's a big difference from watching and playing. So. Hopefully, he gets a chance I'll, I mean, I'll be looking out for that. I'm sure you will too, Reese, to mm-hmm. see tonight if he gets that shot. So, hopefully, he doesn't.
0: All right, 3-6 matchup. Kingston Frontenac's, Oshawa Generals. <laughs> uh, game three is going on as we're recording, so the result will be different. Kingston took the first two uh, at home. And yeah, but,
1: third, you
0: know, six goals in each of the first two games? I don't yeah. think there's a whole lot of pressure on them. I think the media is putting a lot of pressure on them in terms of us um, yeah. about how they actually need to perform. Um, they're clearly doing okay.
1: Yeah, I really like I really like the series Paul Ludwinski's having. He's my player to watch in the series. In the summer of the others, Gavin Bryant, Ludwinski to mine. Ludwinski, three goals right now in the three games in the series. So that's a situation. That's a nice situation to have there, right? Get that secondary scoring Mm -hmm. for Kingston. And he's doing, he's certainly doing that. Uh, The one point is, Oshawa hasn't looked great. Um, I mean, game one, you score first, then you give up six. You can't do that in a playoff game. You lose momentum Mm -hmm. in a series there. Game two, after giving, after such a deflating game, you kind of lose momentum in the series right away. When you lose that, when you lose like that game one, you kind of lose momentum right away. Um, The situation there is, it's weird in Oswald, right? Because, and I've said it numerous times on the show, where you watch them play one night, and they look good. Then you watch them one night, and you just, who wants to carry the puck? Who wants to carry the puck? It seems like they're guys, like they're top point guys, are guys that you have to get them the puck. But who's the guy that's going to give them the puck? Right. Right now, I don't see that. And when the things are bad, those stick out and it looks like there's disinterest in the game. It kind of look you kind of see it. And that's a bad problem to have. You see the outdoor game where when do they get their first shot? Six minutes into the period.
0: Yeah, we're talking about the third. We're approaching like the 12, 13 minute mark.
1: Yeah. So seven, eight minutes in the game in the third. Like you can like you can see disinterest. You can see that. Mm-hmm. So that's a situation that's scary if we if we can see it they can unfortunately probably see it. It's similar to London situation, right? We can see it, they should see it. But that's a situation there that you gotta watch out for if you're Oshawa. They, but hey, I, you're not you're not out of a series till you lose at home. Yeah. So hope if they can win at home, you're back in it.
0: Well not, well, that's the thing. First thing I noticed looking at the box score from game two in Kingston is Oh, again, another Babcock reference. Uh, they didn't start on time. They're down 4 nothing through 40. Yeah. give up three in the first period. Uh, all of a sudden, they explode for four in the third on 18 shots. They outshot Kingston in the game 37-20. to 20. Um, Kingston didn't have more than 10 shots in a period all game long. Yeah. Not that that is for sure going to turn the tide in the series, but it's something that could. You know, scoring four goals in the third yeah, period momentum. in a playoff game against, you know, Marilinen, it's a pretty good accomplishment yeah, for, for the Oshawa Generals. And it's just, you got to take that on in, to ho- home ice and you know, figure out a way to just yep. find any little bit of momentum. Just kind of like we're talking about with Ottawa, just any little bit of momentum to get yourselves going uh, will work yeah. wonders. And four goals in the third period in a playoff game on the road
1: could do that. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. I mean, you swear four on the road, and any it's tough, or in any game, tough. let alone on the road. Yeah, that's a nice accomplishment. obviously, you don't win. That at the end of the day, that's uh, unfortunate. It's going to be a tough situation to come back. I think if you you gotta win, you gotta win a game at home. If you lose at home, both games, obviously, you're done. But you're not out of a series, until you lose at home.
0: All right. And the last matchup before we hit the break, almost 46 minutes into the show, uh, I guess we're saving all the draft stuff for, uh, for the draft show, which is fine by us, but Barry Mississauga, the most exciting series, in my opinion, uh, in round number one, I think Ward would have to agree with that. Yeah. I think for both of us. The best. Uh, two games to one. The Barry Colts lead the Mississauga Steelheads, uh, Matt Guzda, latest development. He did not play in game number 3. 3-1, Barry won that game and it was thanks to Mateo Lalama who was outstanding uh, in this one, one goal on 29 shots. albeit yeah. only 3 in the third period which as I tweeted out that's Marty Williamson to a T. But the Barry yeah. Colts are in a very nice position right now and I'm going to start off with this because I don't want to forget it. Uh, shout out to the Mississauga fans that showed up in those first Yay. two games. That was a nice Thank crowd you. they got for those first two games. I will admit, the first that. game they were was
1: listening to us
0: like that. The like first game, is a the first, was, well,
1: the first game was a thousand, right? Somewhere around there, yeah. And then the second game was like two five. It was nice. Second game was beautiful. That was their best crowd all year. Their biggest crowd all year for Mississauga. That's mm-hmm. props to them. Um, I'm going to say 1,500 in game one. I just looked it up
0: now. Okay. Um, Which, I mean, it's not horrible. And then just under three for game two.
1: Yeah, that was nice. That might be the biggest crowd all season. Congrats to them. Hopefully they keep it going. I feel like Barry fans are traveling too in that series, right? It's not a far trip. Good opportunity for them to travel in the first round. So that's a good situation for them. And it's such a good series for sure, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we're again it's the in-game adjustments we're gonna talk about throughout this series. You're gonna see it all <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Like, like I said, three shots in the third period. You don't think Marty Williamson was thinking, Oh, okay, we got a nice lead. All right, just throw the puck in, come off for a change. Let's have some nice 45 second shifts, make sure the legs are fresh, and let's walk away with a win. And, you know, whether you want to yeah. call that Stan Butler hockey, because he made that pretty famous with brampton and north bay, but um Marty Williamson likes to play that play that game once you get into the third period and in, in the last 10 minutes to be specific. So
1: yeah, it's kind start- of the original in the Ontario Hockey League that system. Yeah. I know, right? Stan Butler. Yeah, him and Brian Kilray, kind of the originals for their system. Yeah. So but yeah. The first two games were exciting, too. I had two overtime games. That's nice. Mac yeah. Usta the plays on real in game one. But it was, it's was it been so fun to watch those overtimes because you look at the team that gets outplayed has won the game. So yeah. it's been interesting in
0: the
1: first two.
0: Yeah, Mississauga winning game two, two to one. Both teams with a power play goal in regulation. <laughs> uh, Mississauga fired 42 shots at the Barry net. Uh, Barry had 32, 10 to five shot advantage for Mississauga in overtime. He just, yeah, that was yeah. that was an awesome game. And there's going to be seven of them. We're going to continue be, talking about it. There's going to be seven games in this series. Tomorrow's so big. Yeah. Tomorrow's if you're waiting for it, big. go buy your tickets. Paramount 5 and Food Center for game seven. Um, yeah. I'll give you the date for it just so everyone that. is aware. It is on May 4th, a Wednesday night in Mississauga. Yes,
1: I was just going to mention, I said tomorrow, but Saturday in Mississauga. Massive game post-draft. Post-draft on Friday, game five in Mississauga. Mm-hmm. That's guaranteed. That's a game you should check out because it's either going to be 2-2 or 3-1. That's yeah. And that's makes it even more pivotal. So, tomorrow, obviously, tonight's big. Wednesday night, Ian Perry. Um, Bo Gelsma back in the lineup after missing the last two of them injury. He's back in the lineup. So, show guests. Mentioned that one right off the top. Absolutely. So uh get get into the action, Bo. Let's see what he got in the playoffs. I know he'll have some fun out there. Yeah.
0: All right. That's kind of our playoff update through first half of round number one. Again, went long. Oh well. Yeah. No big deal.
1: <laughs> playoffs. Um, yeah. It's exciting.
0: Exactly. We will take a break. We'll come back. We'll kind of get you ready for the draft. We don't want to spoil a whole lot as we get ready. To prepare for our draft show coming up next week, planning to record, still working on those dates and times uh, to record. But it will be a Tuesday release. Just want to mention that it will be a Tuesday release. Um, Hamilton will not play on a Monday, so that'll work out well.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's nice. I like the Tuesday releases. I like the Tuesday releases. The Monday night recording is nice. I mean, once the schedule, I
0: kind of lied. It'll be in Peterborough if it's on a Monday. So, Ooh, but it won't be in Hamilton. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when we come back, uh, preview the draft. Of course, get to the players of the week before we wrap up the show. You're listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the OHL and 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demani, along with Colin Ward. Ten minutes or so left to go uh, here in the show. Last one before we get to our OHL priority selection special. Here we're kind of just going to quickly go over the draft order, chat about you know needs uh, for each team that uh, you know picks high, of course. That helps the draft lottery. We'll chat about that and um, yeah, all things leading up to the um, priority selection. So, I mean, we'll, we'll start it off. I mean, the Saginaw Spirit, they get the first overall pick. And I think this will lead into this discussion, Wardy. 25% chance for each team. Yeah. Mm.
1: It's Interesting. Old strategy, cotton.
0: And again, like we said, we did the math, took longer than probably most <laughs> people would do it. But math yeah. oh well, it'd be we were thinking you do 40, 30, 20, 10. And that's obviously worst, second worst, third worst, and fourth worst. Whereas instead of the 25, 25, 25, and 25, geez, math getting to me. Um, you know, you have the Niagara Ice Dogs finished dead last by one point, albeit, but uh, still finished last. They will pick fourth. Uh, Saginaw, they were the second worst team, they get the first overall pick, and then, of course, Sudbury and then Erie, um, to round out the bottom four in the league. But
1: Erie, you see, has been thrown away of the bunch, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> must that's be nice, hit. yeah, that's. That's the. End of I still, I
0: man, I still look back at it and think, man, imagine they had Dylan Larkin, like his rights <laughs> were with the Erie Otters, like okay, here's that one that would have been sick.
1: Here's one. Can you imagine if Owen Sound had Moritz Cider? <sighs> yeah, Mark William Moritz Cider. I know, eh? <laughs> Let's go, boys. That'd be all Let's right. A, especially if that with the Pucks move quick. Oh my, that'd be quick. But yeah. I don't think there's any question who Saginaw's taking. I mean, they should just announce it now. I think everyone knows who they're going to take. I mean, it's all over the place on the Saginaw media. You can see it in the local area there around uh, Saginaw. They kind of get the live of who they're taking. I think everyone that follows the Ontario Hockey League kind of knows who they are going to take. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Michael Mesa. We're
0: talking, I was going to say, we're talking Michael Misa, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mike, that's I, Michael Mesa.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It won't even be a choice. But I mean, exceptional status yeah congrats to him
1: too tough that's pressure right that's a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. exceptional status
0: yeah live up to names like Connor mcdavid that'll be fun
1: yeah
0: i mean we'll kind of go through this list quickly you don't want to get too far into it just with how long the draft show goes we will discuss at length uh, after it goes down this friday and saturday but i think the big one for you is the Niagara Ice Dogs, and in that four spot, they lose Dakota Betts on the back end, and you're not going to replace him first year out of the draft, right? You're not going to draft a defenseman; he's automatically going to be Dakota Betts. But you know what? Like Niagara would not look bad taking a defenseman there.
1: So yeah, first first off, I think Sudbury goes defense. I know I think Sudbury goes forward. I think Erie goes forward. I think three forwards start the draft, and then Niagara. Got to go defense. I think then there's gonna be a run of defensemen. If Sudbury goes D, Niagara's gotta go D because you're just gonna see a run of defensemen go because just the value and what we see in the draft this year, right? You got Danford Dickinson up top in the draft in the 2D, and those two are gonna be future elite defensemen in our league. Um, Niagara should be all over six foot two, one hundred and ninety-five pound left-handed shot, defenseman of Toronto, Sam Dickinson. They should be all over that. I mean. 6'2". Six, 6'2", two. Six, two, 195 defenseman at 16. That should be the top pick in the draft. You should be all over that if you're Saginaw. I mean, moves the puck well. If Michael Misa really was
0: like... not in the draft, eh, Yeah, there's a chance. I mean,
1: you know, how I, you know how I am, a six-foot defenseman. Hey, I'd rather take Edmondson over Eklund. I mean, I'd rather take cider. I like big defense. I like the big defense. Those guys win playoff games. I mean, and ever since and I know this is tough to say because I don't like talking about the NHL team too much, but when you see – remember when the Detroit Red Wings played Tampa Bay in the second – the last year they made the playoffs, so the playoff streak in the 25 they years. they lost in 5 Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, how big, look how big that Tampa decor was. They could not get over the blue line. They could not win a battle. That's why they lost in five. They just got out-muscled. Six-foot defense beat under-six-foot wingers. They just do. I love this pick for Niagara. I think they should be all over Sam Dickinson or uh, Ben Danford out of Quinty. Ben Danford, by the way, a right-handed shot. Very good skater, elite skater, one of the best skaters in the draft. Six foot, 172. There's a big difference in size, but six foot's nice. You'll still grow, obviously. You'll still get bigger. But Mm -hmm. 6'2", 195 at 16 years old, you're going to be set. Can you imagine when he's nineteen. <laughs> yeah, like right. I We're think, talking about uh, it 2025. Yeah. I think Sam Dickinson, I think Sam Dickinson's gonna be the guy that's Cam Allen this year. That I'm I'm very excited to see what Sam Dickinson could do. And you look at this year's draft, and you look at last year's draft, right? Last year's draft, everyone talked Musty, right? Musty could still be good. Musty's double probably be good. Callum Richie had a good start. But you look at the best players in this year's draft and from last year's draft, this year in the Ontario Hockey League, in my opinion, it has to be Cam Allen, number one, unanimously rookie of the year, I I believe. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got to be rookie of the year. And then Colby Barlow's right there with him. Those are the two top picks, in my opinion, from in this year. But they're having a heck of a year, mm-hmm. in my opinion. But I think they go defense, Sam Dickinson. I would be all over that. That'd be such a good pick.
0: You know, Niagara needs that back. You look at their their teams that went to the uh, went to the OHL Finals. Uh, 2012, it helps having Dougie Hamilton on the blue line. Uh, 2016, it helps having guys like Ryan Mantha and Aaron Hayden on your blue line. Uh, to complement a very short defenseman in Vince Dunn, um, Mantha and Hayden, yeah, they did wonders for that Niagara blue line. So just yeah. you, you think about what the identity of the Ice Dogs has been when they've gone to the – championship series and even that great team in 2018-19 with Daniel Bukash yeah he didn't score a whole heck of a lot actually rarely but he, he was huge like Matt yeah. Brassard wasn't wasn't the tallest guy he was still tall but he was he was built like he was tough like you look at Paquette he was tall just you know there's three guys just right off the hop and um yeah I couldn't agree with that more he he's gonna start the draft six two but you get to his second third and year six, yeah exactly so yeah i like that and i mean going down this list there are 23 first round picks uh there's a cup there's a few compensatory picks in this one 14 uh, the Oshawa generals uh, Saginaw spirit 19 and then the ottawa 67s 21st overall uh, those three are compensatory picks but going down this list wardy i mean what other teams stand out as They have to take this position. They like first round and they have to hit on it. Tough to say, obviously, 16 year olds minus Mesa being 15. You know, it's really hard to say what they're actually going to be. But just from a team standpoint, like what does each, what stands out to you that a certain team has
1: to hit on? Well, you know what? A big one to look out for. And we saw it before with the, with Fantilli going to Saginaw pick before the line of night picks. But today, Michael Hage committing the Chicago yeah. Steel in the USHL. Hage is a top five pick. I mean, he's a really good player. The London Knights at 15, that's a no-brainer to pick him. It's a no-brainer, right? If you, the London Knights do not care about the noise, they are going they will take him. If he's there at 15, they will take him. Why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't they take him, right, at 15? He's a six-foot forward, right-handed shot, 170. London needs a six-foot forward. I mean, you're 15 years old, six foot. That's nice, right? So you're going to be 16 years old. I mean, two years, you'll be 6'2", 190, 185, 190. That's nice. That's nice. I mean, (laughs) that's a drafted player. That's high-skilled. Going to the USHL, I think it's the Fantilia effect, right? You see a bunch of guys going to the USHL. I should not mention that on the entire League show, but – there's an opportunity there. We, we know which league's better. Exactly. Exactly. No, no question about it. Hey, if you want to be a lawyer or go get your bids or go get a school degree, then this isn't a knock at the Ontario schooling. But if you want to go to the NHL, you come to the Ontario hockey league for yeah. the CHL in general. If You want to go, if you go to Harvard, like let's say you go to Harvard, you're going for your education. If you go to Harvard, <laughs> let's be honest. So, that's my opinion on that. Well, I mean, if you're seriously going to the NHL, you go to the CHL.
0: I mean, you look at Canadian universities and you can just laugh at that, but that's just my opinion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, but... That's what it comes down to. But I think Hage to London's is a very good pick. Um, I think Sarnia goes forward, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Ben Danford go there because I believe there's going to be a run. Also, I look at six and I see Peterborough. I see Donovan McCoy. Quinty alumni, Ben Danford's out of Quinty. There's an opportunity there. I think it's close to Belleville where Quinty plays out of. Um, there's got to be interest there for Peterborough. That's a pick there. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm looking around here at the best places. I think in day two, I think Sarnia's second pick, I could see Merrick ben Acker going there from Branford. I could see him going to Sarnia. I just see um, – I know he's been there a few times. Um, they have interest in him. A lot of teams have interest in Eric Van He's a really good hockey player. Big, he's got size. He's a tough country kid, right? He's from Norfolk. So, you know, they're all tough. Yeah. So, uh, he's uh, he's – he'll definitely uh, be an option for them. Um, also, out of Brantford, uh, well, out of Delhi, but um, playing for Brantford 99, Braden McCallum, the brother of Landon McCallum. Um, he, um, he's been playing with the Caledonia Corvairs who are down 3-0 playing this evening, I believe, against St. Catharines. a lot yep. way. St. Catherine's assistant captain, Mason Howard, former Niagara Ice Dog. He's so, huge. Yeah, there's some ties there. Andrew McLean. there's some ties to, um, with the Niagara Ice Dogs in that series. So, yep. Ray McCallum, OHL draft prospect, has been playing for the Caledonia Corvairs, and he's looked pretty good. So, if you keep an eye out, on the Caledonia Curveyers or St. Catherine's Falcons or J H L in general, or Chell Prospect, Braden McCallum is playing with Caledonia this evening. So that's something to keep your eye out for. But yeah, there's a bunch of there's a lot of intriguing situations here that I see playing out. I could see I could see Guelph going defense with Cam Allen, Bushinger getting that third defenseman. And you're gonna lose Saprika, you're gonna lose Reese, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna lose two defensemen for sure. You might lose Chaika probably at least Chayka. the thing that hurt, has been the injury. That's been the problem there. Right? You have to able a play notch, but um, that's going to be a situation there. What does Vegas do with Chica? Do they keep him in the AHL, or do they send him back to Guelph? They mm-hmm. could keep him, but we'll see. But I think Guelph goes D. It's going to be an interesting situation with Owen's Sound, guys. I can't wait till the draft show, but those are my opinions there. Um, I think Cage goes to London. I would like to see Dickinson go to Niagara because he get that big, lanky D-man i like to see that. Um, I think Danford goes Sarnia or Peterborough. I think he doesn't get past six. I think he does not get past Peterborough because of the connection with Quinty. It's so close in proximity. It's like an hour away. And then plus, um, plus they got McCoy there, right? He's going to be in the draft here next year. He can draft a fellow Quinty guy. I'm sure McCoy would love it. That would be a good situation there, a one and two defense. Because like I said, Ben Danford might be the best player Quinty's ever had out of there. So that's a situation there that you got to keep your eye on. So maybe we'll have some effects. Hey, maybe
0: you we'll never know. Effects. We'll see.
1: That's the situation. Yeah. Also, look for Sudbury, right, with McCallum. He's brother.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right. Before we round it out, or wrap it up. Player and goaltender of the week for week number one of the OHL playoffs. Uh, start with the player of the week uh, from the London Knights, Antonio Strongis. Seven points. Three goals, four assists, and three playoff games for the Knights. Uh, of course, they went up 2-1 to one in those three games. Looks like they're on their way to losing game four in Kitchener. Um, as we talk right now, it is 3-1 Rangers, eight and eh, nine minutes left to go in the third period. Of course, that game will be over by the time this airs, so it's pointless talking about that score. But, uh Strongest, yeah, and, and you talked about his speed, Wardy. You were at game three in Kitchener and just – you, you you were saying just, thank you. You know the the is strongest. He he's at the he's at center, and then you so, blinked, and he was at the goal line, and you're like,
1: what the so hell just I, happened? So I've saw Connor McDavid live. I've saw Dylan Larkin live. I've saw some fast guys live. I've never saw a guy skate that fast before, Antonio. I've never saw it. I blinked, and he was in front of me. So I. I was fortunate I sat in the first row behind the Kitchener net on Sunday. So it was nice to see the attacking zone, right? To see if Angel used to come down and to see, mm. I mean, to see strong just like that come down. Everybody, everybody never saw that. So sitting down low, that 10 and two, oh, my God. You kind of got to give credit when credit is due. No wonder why he's scoring highlight real goals and getting so many penalty shots and breakaways. He's just too fast. I mean, it's awkward. You, you say to hit him, but you can't. It's too fast. He's on you. You don't have time. And um, he's almost too fast to play in the Ontario Hockey League. When he's pro, we'll see how it looks. He's an elite skater, that's for sure. Um, it was so fast. Like, I blinked and in front of me. He was, at, he was in front of the benches. And I blinked. And a second later, he was on the goal line. No lie. Like, it was so fast. And um, I was blown away. And the pace of play so far in the playoffs in general have been incredible. Yeah. The I know the attendance has been way down for the playoffs, but to the fans that haven't been to the playoff, to a playoff game yet this year that are listening, and I know there are fans that are listening to this that have yet to go, you have to. Please go. I mean, the pay, I've never saw the pace of play so good on every series, every single series. It, it doesn't matter what series, every series – the pace of play has been exceptional and it's mm-hmm. very, I, I'm just saying, yeah, and I'm not saying this because we're media members in the league and we promote the league. I'm not saying because of that, this is off the record. You have to go. It's incredible. Um, I had a headache after the first period. There was so much going on. Mm-hmm. I had a headache and I talk a lot. As you know, there's a, I had a headache because there was just so much going on and the pace of play is so fun there's mistakes because they're kids and it's a high leverage situation. It's gonna happen. It was just exceptional. It's like the World Juniors for twenty bucks. You gotta go. You have to take advantage of that before you have to pay four hundred to watch them play in Toronto at the Scotia Bank Arena. So yeah. just go, just go. It's a great situation. Um, any spot. It doesn't matter. Just pick a game. Every game's been good. It's gonna be. A, it's gonna be a sick atmosphere here well, at the end of these playoffs
0: sure. Well, you talk about it and again first round you know the fans start to come as the playoffs move on which again unfortunate it'd be nice if they were there throughout but it that's just the way it goes but you know talking about the game on monday in hamilton you know you gotta scrum after every whistle you know the fans are maybe not restless but they're kind of like okay let's play some hockey let's not keep doing this and then um you know something bad happens whether it's you know against Hamilton or against Peterborough that fourth goal that went in for the Bulldogs. Uh, that was one of the loudest reactions I have ever heard in a first yeah. round playoff series. Uh, the, the first Ontario center got loud after that. And it goal, wasn't,
1: And it wasn't necessarily packed for a playoff yeah. three, three and a half thousand, three and a half thousand. I believe it was I'm on gonna pull up the
0: number right now. Uh, yeah, 3529, the official number, first Ontario center. Yeah. So That'll be like that.
1: Hey, but that's the way, it, but it was not packed by any means for Hamilton this year. Mm-hmm. That's probably the mid to lower average crowd that they've had for size, but it was loud. It was very loud. And I'm glad you mentioned that because it's just, it was just something there. Like the atmosphere when they scored that goal, there's so much. Oh, how do I word that? There was just so much emotion in the game, right? And there's yeah. so much passion for both teams. You can see it. Hamilton was desperate for that goal. And when they scored, you can see the relief from the fans. You know, you, know, you kind of thought trap game when it's 2-0 in the first, right? And you can just breathe a little bit. But yeah, and also one thing I want to mention before, uh, just the last thing I want to mention, linesman dropped the puck.
0: Oh every my God. Single,
1: every single Holy game. crap. <laughs> every single game I have watched this playoff, I have saw at least, at least 10 wave outs a period. And I've watched 13 games. I have four I have four games usually going on at once. Now I only have one because I have my laptop and iPad going on. But um, I can't believe that every single game we have wave outs. Like, you pay to watch the players, right? Not the officials. Man. Let the boys play. Absolutely. It kills uh... momentum.
0: Also in contention for Player of the Week, Brandon Coe of the North Bay Battalion. uh, Four points showing on Saturday. Of course, that 7-6 victory for the Battalion. He had two goals and three assists in those two wins for the Battalion at home. Uh, Also, Mike Petizian of the Kitchener Rangers. He had three goals and two assists across three games. Rangers were one and two in those three games, so good for him and then moving to the crease tucker Tynan and takes home goaltender of the week honors first week in the playoffs 2-0 with a 0.50 goals against average save percentage of 981 of course he had that shutout in game one uh, where he made 23 saves against the storm then it was a 4-1 final game 2 31 saves for him in that one so a lot busier in game number two Also in consideration for the award, Matt Onuska of the Spitfires. He was 2-0 as well, had one shutout. 1.5 goals against average, save percentage of 971. And then Matt Guzda, Florida Panthers prospect, uh, of course, of the Barry Colts. He stopped 78 of 81 shots in a road split against the Mississauga Steelheads uh, in the first two games of that series. Of course, not playing in game three. Um, it was Mateo Lalama getting the win in that one. So hopefully yeah. Matt Guzda is coming back for the Colts, for you know, Colts fans, for the players, for Marty Williamson. Like, again, nothing against Lalama; He was phenomenal. It's just you you go out and Guzda, go out and get Guzda, and you expect him to be good to the guy in the playoffs, of course. So be nice to see him get back into it and show the Panthers what he can do. Goaltending tandem, Spencer Knight, Matt Guzda, uh, in the finals or in Florida, could you imagine that?
1: That would yeah. That would be interesting. Also, right now, I just want to mention, as I, as we're recording on Tuesday night, the Gulf Storm knock off the Sioux Greyhound six three. So it's a two one series lead now. Gulf Storm are definitely not out of it. They are back in it. Mm-hmm. So that's a situation there. And I know I don't want to say anything because it's not official, but it's four two Stanya right now with three minutes to go. Obviously, we might have one of those classic playoff playoff clubs, or hold on to it. But yeah, it's four two Sarnia right now at home in Game Three, so we may not have any sweeps. And also, um, Jackson Parsons is standing on his head on Tuesday night, um, just denied Luke Evangelista on a big chance. So that's like the last live update. Obviously, it doesn't matter, but we didn't spoil any scores basically, so that's okay.
0: Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, all right. That is it. Next time we chat will be for our OHL priority selection special, the third annual edition of the big show. Uh, We've got guests again, and it's going to be fun because we can actually talk about games that are going on. Obviously we'll discuss the draft and players and needs and whatnot, but we can actually talk about playoff games and um, getting people on from either playoff teams or non-playoff teams, it's still nice to chat about what's going on. Of course, you know those four teams that aren't in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure most of the staff and players are watching uh, OHL playoffs right now. so It's exciting. Yeah. We're, we're ready for it. I hope you're ready for it. It's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, the draft goes down Friday night, rounds one through three, and then on Saturday the rest of it uh, before a pretty full slate of games of course, if we get to that point where every series isn't done which it won't be but should be interesting weekend and a fun weekend coming up again again it will be a tuesday release for the show just a special occasion monster jam took over in hamilton so they played a game on a monday night and it wasn't terrible yeah it it wasn't so it'll be fun it'll be fun it'll be a fun weekend draft games playoffs it's awesome so Thanks again, everybody, for tuning in, and we will chat in six days.